Welcome back to another episode of That's Business. Today's guest is the perfumer and founder of Ori Studios. Jamie is a native Detroiter and graduate of Bowling Green State University. She is a Bachelor of Science in Human Development and Family Studies, and she's passionate about serving people in underrepresented communities, working to bridge the gap between her entrepreneurial endeavors and public service. Jamie set out to create Ori Studios, a carefully crafted fragrance line that is both non-toxic and unisex. She hopes she can help people feel seen by utilizing fragrance as a means of self-expression that can help one connect deeper with themselves and the world around them. Jamie, I'm so pumped to have you on this podcast today. Thanks for having me. How are we doing? I'm good. How are you? All is good besides this thunderstorm that looks like the world's ending here, but you know, it's good. It's all good. So we have so much to dive into because I have never, and when I met you, I'm like a perfumer. This is awesome because I have sensitivities and allergies Mm -hmm. to perfume. So I love what you do. But before we dive into that, let's throw it back a little bit. If you feel comfortable, what was your childhood like? And what did you want to do when you grew up, so to say? Okay. Um, So I actually have a a project where it's like a bunch of baby pictures of me that's like still around my grandmother's house. And it was about like what we wanted to be when we grew up. And I thought I wanted to be a doctor, I think. Love that. Yeah. I don't know if that was really what I wanted to do or just what I heard that sounded good at the time. But (laughs) Um, and that was probably like second grade. So I can remember saying like, oh, I want to be a doctor. And then I thought I wanted to be a nurse. And then I thought I wanted to be a teacher. And then that kind of segued into it a little bit. Um, childhood, to be honest, was like really difficult. Um, my mom watches everything I post. So I won't say too much. <laughs> Love you, mom. But uh, yeah, it was difficult. We had a difficult upbringing. I was the only child. Um, I didn't really have a great connection with my dad. And my mother and I's relationship kind of grew strained over the years. So Um, I've definitely had to like learn a lot, I think, very quickly and just learn to be like resourceful. And I think that's kind of what plays into my creativity a lot as well now. So, yeah, I was really talkative as a kid. Um, I don't know if everybody had that growing up, but like we had, um, you know, your letter grades on like how you did in class. And then you had the grades of like your citizenship. And my grades are always like straight A's and then straight threes, which was like the worst that you could have. (laughs) And so (laughs) it was like I was I was teetering on the on the line but my teachers loved me but they always were like you talk way too much you're a chatty Kathy and I think that honestly turned me into a really shy person over the time because like once you hear it so much you're like okay maybe I can be quiet or like maybe I won't say as much and so now I find myself trying to kind of bring that version of Jamie back into adulthood who like likes to talk a little bit more and isn't as shy so yeah that's a little bit about my childhood <laughs> it's so yeah. interesting too because my brother was always the talkative one hilarious and had severe ADHD it well, still does but yeah it's so interesting of the like put you in a box of like you talk too much you talk too much mm-hmm. but honestly I mean that's such a strong skill set as an entrepreneur and I mean it, we met at bamboo mm-hmm. and it's just like when you bring out that community or people that you need to connect with like mm-hmm. you have to be good at it so it's so interesting. And that's something I've been kind of self-discovery of like looking back at childhood of what was negative or what was mm-hmm. a bad trait. And it's like, those are all great traits, but yeah. it's so fascinating to say there, <laughs> right? I'm like, oh. but it's some reoccurring theme is, I mean, doctor, nurse, and especially what you said of helping underrepresented, mm-hmm. underrepresented communities. I can't <laughs> talk today. You're obviously one that likes to help people. So mm-hmm. as you transitioned, how'd you decide to go to Bowling Green, get the degree you did? What was that stage of life like? Um, so my first 
I think that was my first job. My first job, yeah, I was 14. I remember having to sign like the, like, I don't even know what to call it, but like the child work law paperwork, basically. Yes. I was like under a certain age or whatever. Right. And so my first job was at a um, summer camp that I actually used to attend as a kid. And so I was the summer camp counselor. Um, and it was at a church that my aunt went to. And it was like an all day thing. Like there was like, you drop your kids off at seven in the morning, come get them at five or six. Like it was oh, wow. an all day thing. And so that's kind of when I got the idea of like, oh, there was like kids a lot. Like I want to help them out. We had some um, children who were special needs in our class and there happened to be twins and there were only two of them. And so I found like really, just really connected to them and they wanted to make sure they felt safe in the program. Um, and so that's kind of, I think where I was like, I can be a teacher. I can do this. Like <laughs> I've led these classes and I'm only 14. So right. once I did that, and also once I learned that I hate hospitals. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a big know. piece. Yes. No, literally within the same year, my mom broke her ankle and we were on the back of the ambulance. And I was like, I, I can't do this. <laughs> I was like, this is awful. Like the smell of the hospital. Like I just remember that night so vividly. So I was like, yeah, don't want to do that anymore. But we'll see, you know. So yeah, within the same year, like what I would consider like my first teaching experience. And that's just, I just kind of had a feeling that's what I wanted to do. My senior year, you know, college was coming up, we're applying to colleges, we're going on tours. I had been on a couple of tours, um, like through my church, through like the choir that I used to sing in at school. And so I ended up deciding on Bowling Green, which was only like an hour and a half away. I personally wanted to go much further, but my mom was like, <laughs> no, you're not going to Texas, like, you know, that kind of thing. So, but yeah, I ended up going to Bowling Green State University, which is actually like, it started as a, a school for teachers to get their um, education in that. And so I started off as early childhood and then kind of realized my personality wasn't so much fit, I think, for like really young kids. <laughs> so Fair enough. Yes. Um, like, I think I'm bubbly and like energetic enough, but I also know my limits. And I was like, yeah, this is a lot. For <laughs> I'm <me."> good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I love them, but I don't know if I can do it all day. Like, once I had like my first few like student teaching jobs, like in college, I was like, okay. Um, and then I found a major called human development and family studies, which I was like, oh, that's great. Like, I can broaden my horizons a little bit. Um, I don't necessarily have to be so focused on early childhood. I can like still work with kids, I can work with adults, I can do all these things. And I had an idea and I was like, how do you connect with the people who aren't in school, who aren't necessarily like parents and programs, who are not like children, you know, so there's like a, I felt like there was a gap of people that looks like exist in the world and not necessarily in any programs or anything like that or seeking anything. And so I was like, well, how do I connect with like those people and help them out if they need help, but just maybe not have a source for it. So still trying to figure that out. But I think like what I do, I get to connect with like all types of people and hopefully build that community where like I can do that at some point so I think I answered your question I don't really know but <laughs> half the time I forget what question I asked yeah. so that sounds like you did to me but that's how I ended up at Bowling Green with my degree program so so now where we're at Ori Studios mm -hmm. what was the idea behind it mm -hmm. I don't know why, but with your career, I'm like, I don't even know where to start. Like, yeah, how do you yeah. even get it? <laughs> You're like, yeah, me either. But because it's so fascinating to me. But tell me, when did you have the idea for it? When yeah. did you decide? Like, tell us the story of Ori Studios. Okay. So fast forward to college, graduated, had a great time. Um, got my degree, came home, worked for like a daycare for a minute. I'm making like $10 an hour. Then I went to like GM making like 14 um, and GM was like more like a customer service, kind of like third party situation. Um, and then literally while I'm at work, I'm applying for this job and I ended up getting it. <laughs> and it was a job as a family service worker or counselor. 
basically we ended up in a Head Start program and that's for like underserved like families. Maybe they have like low income who just like need childcare for their kids. Maybe they're not ready to go to like preschool or high, uh, not high school, but preschool or kindergarten yet. Um, and so that's like a free program for them. So my job was really to like do like the intake of parents, interview them, like see what their situation is and basically get their kid enrolled into our program. Now, <laughs> <laughs> the big sigh. <laughs> I was really unaware at the time. This was like my first like career job that they were just super unorganized. Um, I didn't realize I was being underpaid. I didn't realize a lot of things about the company. And it was just like crisis mode, crisis mode, crisis mode, like emergency meeting this week. And I'm just like, oh, what did I get myself into? Um, <laughs> like, right. I think I was only there for like eight months or so. And like a lot of talk kept coming down about like, oh, we might lose funding because like our, our shit ain't in order basically. Like, yeah. So, and I was getting in trouble for stuff that like didn't even have anything to do with me. Like the date on the paperwork would say like, when did I start there? Let's just say May. And I started there in like October. I'm like, ah, that's not me. Like, <laughs> I right. You know, so it was a lot of that. But yeah, lo and behold, I ended up losing that job because we did end up losing funding ultimately. Um, and then I kind of found myself just like bouncing around. I did like admissions at Dorsey schools. I did retail work at Maywell. Like I was doing everything just to like keep myself afloat. I just moved into like my, my apartment. I was like, I gotta do something just to make sure my rent's paid. Like, you know, so I was just like doing a lot of different things. I even nannied. I <laughs> like, I used all the little skills I had. I learned how to do makeup in college. I did that on the side. Like I was oh. hustling to get like. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so I used all of my creative stops to, like, make sure I was good. And so, yeah, I ended up meeting this girl through my ex-boyfriend at the time, and she was a jewelry designer, um, and she had a fragrance line herself. And so I actually inquired about it because I was really interested in, like, getting started. And I just so happened to be looking at, like, classes, and then I found out that she did it. And I was like, oh, that's okay. (laughs) And so I ended up taking a class from her, and that's how I learned to make fragrances. But before that... I will say that my mom always had like a huge collection of fragrances. Like every year since she was five, I think she said she's been getting something like a, a bottle of perfume. So like oh my, birthdays, so it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so like, imagine having a perfume collection at five and six years old. Like that was my mom. Wow. And so like even today, my grandma keeps that like little tradition with her. So like birthday, like Christmas, like oh that's cute. You don't have to think twice about it. She knows she's getting perfume. Like there's no like question. So. <laughs> I always tried to like dabble in my mom's things when I was younger. But when I knew that I wanted to start the perfume line, it's when I discovered that I liked men's cologne on myself. And I'm like, well, if I like it, and I like how they smell. Like, why wouldn't I like it on me? And why wouldn't somebody else out there like probably be interested in something like that? And then when I started to do like a little bit more research, I'm like, everything kind of smells the same to me. Like, it's very generic. It's very like gender specific. It's kind of boring. Like, these ads don't make any sense. There's no black people. <laughs> like, what's going mm-hmm. on? Like, you know, from somebody who came from like kind of like a makeup background, I'm like, when I think about crafting the scent, I'm like, it's universal. It's clear. It's for everybody. It's literally like you don't even see it. So it's just like, why not start including more diversity in your marketing? And so yeah, just to sum all that up, like I wanted to kind of be the change in that market, and I thought it was something like really creative and really fun. And as a person who was always told like how to be, what to look like, what to dress like, <laughs> like how to carry yourself. Yep. I found fragrance is like a first impression a lot of times for people. And so I thought it would be cool to like 
really push the idea of like self-expression through like this medium. So that's amazing. And a few great points you brought up hustling to the point of figuring out what you want to do. Number one, yeah, <laughs> because I did the same thing was I had three jobs like I work for Boar's Head. I did not have like sexy fun jobs like scrubbing yeah. toilets, like not very sexy jobs, but mm-hmm. you got to do what you got to do to survive. Yeah. And I think that's something that people think like, oh, entrepreneurship, it's so easy. And, you know, you just woke up and figured out what <laughs> the hell you want to do. It's yeah. like, no, you kind of like no. figure it out along the way. So mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And I think that's a note that needs to be taken of like, you need to do what you need to do to pay your bills. Mm-hmm. Like girls got to eat, got bills to pay. I mean, yeah, all the things. <laughs> yes. And especially learning a new skill too. That's huge. Mm-hmm. I love, love, love that because I tend to love men's cologne as well. And yeah. it's interesting, like the different body chemistries people have as well. Yep. So I love that. it And it's, oh my gosh, the ads are so ridiculous of like, <laughs> I'm like, what am I watching? Right. Like, the Dolce & Gabbana ads crack me up of it's like a mm-hmm. chiseled, perfect humans like on the water. Yeah. And I laugh. Yeah. I'm like, it's like secondhand embarrassment watching these and there is no diversity in any of them. So no. back to you now. But <laughs> as you took this class without giving away the trade secrets, of course, but I know, again, mm-hmm. know nothing about this, Jamie. Yeah. So don't be like, this is a dumb question if no. it is. But what are some of like the... I guess, like best practices or how you, like you said, they're cruelty free, they're mm-hmm. like, you don't use, what's it called? Like toxins and stuff that some perfumes yeah. do. Cause I've had allergic reactions to perfume. So mm-hmm. tell us about that. So like the most common question I think I get is like, are these all natural? Are these this and are these that? And so the answer is no, they're not all natural. We do use a mix of some naturals, a mix of some synthetics or what they call like aroma chemicals. And so with that, we also use a alcohol-based fragrance. And I have a little tidbit about that if people want to know how to wear it best. So, yeah, basically, it is kind of like trial and error, I will say. It's a lot yeah. of playing around. It's a lot of being like, this is not working uh, or this smells great. So it's kind of like you take, for me, I've actually had dreams about what I want things to smell like, which is kind of funny. Ooh. Or I'll just like... You kind of have an idea of like what might smell good together, what might not. I have books on perfumery, like just different things like that. So you kind of study like the basics and then you kind of build from there to make it more unique or nuanced or just like fun. So, yeah, you kind of just take like whatever you think you want to put together. You try it out together. You kind of like dip them all in like, you know, those like fragrance strips you get. Like, yeah. So basically that's what what most perfumers use to kind of like test out like the whiff of something. So you'll like kind of have like one scent on each one see if it smells good together it's really easy to like take things away and see how they smell add things back add another layer like that's kind of how you do it that's how i do it at least and then um once i have an idea i try to play with the formula i think a good fragrance has at least like three base notes three middle three tops now that's not true for every single fragrance like i carry but it's kind of like a good way to go (laughs) um to diversify it a little bit and then yeah from there you just kind of um make your sample I send my sample off to a lab once I'm like, okay, this is what I know I want to make. They have a service. It's basically just like a duplication service where they try to like match it. And that's why there are so many like, you ever see those ads for like brands who like duplicate fragrances? I believe so. Yeah. So it's like, oh, here's a cheaper version of Baccarat or something like that. Okay. (laughs) So there's like basically a service that people offer where you can like duplicate fragrances and that's how those brands are able to exist. So, or they just have perfumers who kind of know what to play with and maybe they don't necessarily duplicate it. But 
that's an option. Interesting. <laughs> so there's like a service like, oh, if there's a perfume that's discontinued and you have a little bit less, like you can send it to a lab so that they can remake it for you and you can keep it in your collection. So that's basically what they do with me. They take the sample that I send off to them. Um, once I like know what I want, they send it back. I let them know like, yes, it smells good. Or maybe like tweak it a little bit here and there. And then we just send it back and forth until it's perfect. And then once I'm like, okay, I get a large batch of oil <laughs> that I then mix with the perfume, uh, the alcohol and everything like that. And then somebody make a perfume pretty much. So, Oh my gosh, that's yeah. amazing. And first of all, I didn't know you could duplicate scents because I have <laughs> one from like... <laughs> I think it's from like 2007. It's uh-huh. like Sunkissed Leaves from Bath and Body Works. Mm. That was like my favorite. And I have mm-hmm. like a little, the bottle is so grayed out and ugly now, but oh, I don't yeah. care. So, I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah. so thank it. you for that. I'm like, I love this smell. And I associate it with a trip too. So that's mm-hmm. also that. Okay. So what are some best practices with wearing any type of scents? Because it's mm-hmm. all, I've, I've heard back of the neck. I've heard on your wrist. Mm-hmm. I've heard all mm-hmm. over. So what are best practices? And let's <laughs> let's get to the chase of talk about how it. do you okay. wear it? Yes. <laughs> so most people suggest wearing perfumes on your pulse points. But what I actually learned is that your body is temperature is pretty regulated. So it won't necessarily really matter where you put it. But the idea is that heat kind of like continues to emit and like warms it up so that it kind of lasts and travels throughout the day. So it's so funny. I actually recorded a video on this yesterday, so we'll see if I post it. But there (laughs) is the idea that like oil-based fragrances last longer versus like perfumes that you typically buy with like alcohol in them. And so what happens is with the oil-based fragrances, it lasts like closer to the skin. And so what's happening is like it's a more intimate experience. You're smelling it all day because it's not really going anywhere. Versus like when you wear alcohol-based fragrance, like alcohol dissipates it like goes into the air it eventually like fades away so everybody else is smelling you while you might not be experiencing it as much as you would like to so when people are like oh i can't smell my perfume anymore or like what's going on it's not lasting that long it probably is you probably just don't realize it (laughs) so two things can be true that the alcohol is dissipating and like traveling into the air so like the person you think is real fine and you want to get their attention like they probably smell it (laughs) and you are like maybe not experiencing it as much. And what's also happening too is like you can go like nose blind or have like an olfactory overload, which you just kind of are no longer aware of like the scent being around you and on you. So best way to put it, <laughs> if you do want to make it last and you do have like a traditional perfume or cologne in your collection, which most people do, um, a good idea is to take a fresh shower, clean the area, Bonus tip is to like exfoliate to kind of get rid of like any dead skin that the fragrance may just sit on. You want it to kind of be in your skin a little bit. Spray it. And then you can either layer like an oil on top of it if you want to make it last a little longer. Or like something that's like unscented, like a petroleum jelly, shea butter, something like that. Or you can also use something that like complements the fragrance too. So if it has like similar notes or like, you know, it just kind of smells good together. Like you can do that as well and like kind of create your own like custom scent at that point. (laughs) So that way it does last a little bit longer on you and you kind of get like that oil-based fragrance kind of effect. But also because it is alcohol, it will eventually like dissipate and like let everybody else experience it as well. So yeah, my favorite tip. Honestly, you can overspray. I'm not against that. <laughs> do what and you I also do. like spraying. Um, so you want to spray in like areas that are like open that people can smell if that's like what you're going for. 
Um, it's not a really good space that like nobody really talks about. It's actually your stomach. Oh. Because it's under your clothes, it kind of traps heat all day, and you can kind of get it kind of coming up that way as well, too. So I did not know any of that. <laughs> Wrists, elbows, like inside of elbows, back of knees is a great place. Stomach, obviously your neck. Um I just do it kind of like a tornado. I'm like, boop, 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 all over, yeah, but. That's fine. <laughs> no, I like that. I didn't realize the heat part of it because I think I had the opposite idea of mm-hmm. where, I mean, not to be gross, but where I sweat mm-hmm. more is like stay away from those areas, but it's actually the opposite. Mm-hmm. This is so fascinating. And then like also the wear of your fragrance can change too, depending on like your oil, like not oil type, your, your skin type. So if you are a little bit more drier, it may evaporate quicker. Um, and if you're a little bit more like oily, like it'll kind of help. Like I said, it's almost like the same idea of like putting oil on top of it, it kind of traps it a little bit longer on you too. So body chemistry really does play a part in like how you smell, <laughs> like lat, like longevity as well as like actually how it smells on you too. So it's so fascinating. And no, I didn't realize this, my now ex-boyfriend, but mm-hmm. I picked him up from the airport and he always smelled good, but mm-hmm. he smelled awful. And he was never a sweaty person, like would go to the gym and not have an ounce of sweat. And I'm like, I don't know what you did, but you smell awful. Mm -hmm. And we figured out it was a mix of his cologne and whatever type of material he was wearing and then like sweating a little bit on the Mm -hmm. flight. And it was just like not good chemistry. So (laughs) from that experience, I was like, oh, this actually does come Mm -hmm. into play. And I never thought about it that way. But that's crazy. Right. Exactly. Now, with your business and everything you're doing, how often are you coming up with new scents or what are some of your favorites or just, I mean, self-promotion? Want to hear more about what fragrances you have and how people can buy them? Um, I kind of, ideally as I grow, I basically would like for like the fragrances to kind of like switch out every season. Like I would love for it to kind of almost operate like a fashion house where like every season is like something new to debut. Yeah. And that you don't necessarily get stuck on like our catalog and like you can try something new and like find a new favorite like a new signature every single time we like drop something so that is my idea for the future right now it's a smaller brand it's not necessarily feasible especially not with like the way that i do it where we like custom create like our sense and things like that so it's a little more difficult that way but yeah that is the idea of it i would love for that to be happening i'm always kind of playing around with stuff and then if something like really strikes me i'm like okay we can release that like that works (laughs) so i'm always buying like newer chemicals that maybe I've never like tried before adding them to like bases I may have already like played with I usually keep samples just like around just to like kind of revisit them because what I also find is that some things smell different throughout the seasons as well you know like you try food and you don't really like it like when you're a kid and then like later yes. you try it again you're like oh it's actually pretty good <laughs> it kind of like that's how I feel with perfume sometimes I'm like oh, I didn't really like that at first but then spring or summer may come around I'm like oh that's pretty nice right now. Like I like yes. that. So yeah, that's that's pretty much how it works. I will say my biggest challenge, I think, with like creating perfume with me versus everybody else's opinion. And <laughs> yes. I would love to make everything that I love, but I also have to realize like I have a customer base to like attend to. So they have more diverse scent profiles and just what I like. So like I don't like florals, but I try to add a little bit there and there, here and there. <laughs> I am also a floral <laughs> hater, so I agree with you. Cause, but, oh, yeah, there's a them. way to do it, though. Like, um, Wonder has uh, peonies in it, which is like, you kind of get a whiff of it, but it's not like an obvious floral note. They're good for like blenders, but I don't like the overstated ones, if that makes any sense. Yes. Do you have anything exciting kind of coming up or anything that we need to be following? I mean, of course, if you're listening, head to show notes to follow Jamie. But 
anything that's coming up in the near future that we should watch for? So the Eastern Market on Sundays, so right now through September, there will be a little bit of an intermission into the holiday season and we'll return to Eastern Market in November. I think it's like mid-November just so that people can like have an opportunity to shop for Christmas and, you know, shop for their loved ones to give out gifts or for themselves. And we are joining a new store in Detroit that popped up soon. Um, it's called Periodicals. Amazing. And it's like a magazine concept store. So we'll have a few of our fragrances in there as well. That's really it right now. We are releasing new fragrances too. So right now we have four fragrances in our collection. My goal is to have six before the end of the year of at least one new one by September. Yeah, that's pretty much it. We're trying to get creative for like the holiday season. Um, we do run a huge sale that I <laughs> am questioning if I want to do again because it's a really great sale, but it is um, going to be for like uh, Cyber Monday, that Black Friday weekend. So be on the lookout for that as well. And it's kind of a play on like angel numbers. And so with that, so like it's a really quick sale and you have to shop really fast if you want to get that deal. So like, for instance, I dropped our 10 milliliter fragrances to $11 and 11 cents and you only had a minute to get it though. (laughs) And then at 2.22, you had two minutes to shop for a bottle that was $22 or something, you know, so it just kind of like went up as the time changed, but that is the deal for that. And it's really exciting. It's fun to just like kind of watch it come in because people are like really trying to quickly buy it. But yeah, we're just really excited about like growing, meeting the people. I don't know if I've said this before, but I really do want Ori Studios to like exist as like a studio space where like it is a community hub and we're able to like offer programming to like those people that I was mentioning. Like I want to find them and like be of service to them and just give back in the best way possible that I know how. I think I mentioned, obviously, like when I grew up, I didn't know that like creative endeavors were like a possibility as a career for me. And so I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be something that like <laughs> I got to get, a, you know, yep. a four to eight year degree, you know, to do. And it's funny, though, because like looking back, I always knew how to paint. I knew how to sing. I was taking dance. I I don't know. used to write. Like, I used to do all these things. So I was just like, yeah, I didn't know that I would be interested in that. But, like, looking back, like, yes, you were. Like, the right. entire time. And so, ideally, like, I would love to, like, hire and train in creative endeavors and, like, show people that they can be photographers, creative directors, like, music directors, like, whatever they want to do. That is my end goal in mind to, like, show people that, like, yes, you can do these things. I think especially just, like, as a little Black girl in Detroit, you know, like, where opportunities are not always there mm-hmm. and maybe you don't really see something like that. So, yeah, it's important for me to, like, grow up and be that person for, <laughs> for somebody else or someday at some point. I love that notion of that because, you know, I'm in career services, but I get so many people mm-hmm. and it's, it breaks my heart that it's, oh, I've been in this career for 20 years and I actually have this wildly creative side. I mean, mm-hmm. photography is huge. Any creative career is great but I feel like if you don't have the supporting from parents or you don't see someone like yourself in these roles it's hard Mm -hmm. to even picture I mean I remember specifically walk I mean I know it's just a movie but walking out of (laughs) Wonder Woman and I was like is this what all white men feel like all the time like this is (laughs) I feel like I could rule the world and then when Black Panther came out I'm like Oh yeah. shit, this is this is the shit. I see why they have so much confidence now because they see people that look like them. But yep, yep. I love, I'm obsessed with you doing this. I'm very passionate about what I do and like bringing that confidence or 
bringing in and saying, hey, look, like you can do this. It's not going to be easy. But what career is easy? That's the thing is. Yeah. And if you don't have the opportunity to go to school because it is a privilege to do, I mean, here's your other options or all of that. So. Oh, I love that you do that. And I'm I'm here to support when you're ready to have a space, like anything I could do to help. Like, oh, I love this so much. And I'm very passionate about it. But I'm actually, um, so two thoughts that I came to mind. I really fought really hard to kind of get to this point too. And I think I still am because I think, well, in my family, when I went to school, it was like, oh, now you're expected to do whatever you went to school for, which is like, I get it. I paid money to get a degree. And so I think kind of fighting against old ideals um, especially when all your family is like 70 plus. Yes. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So like my grandmother and her sister is very tight knit. Like, you know, I love my aunts or my great aunts really, but they're like, oh, why don't you apply here? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? Why aren't you doing this? You got your degree in that. Especially my mom. She's like, if I went to college, like I would have did this. And I'm like, okay, but this is my life. But this, <laughs> like, is this is my what... degree in my life. So thank you. Next. Yes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm like, you You go ahead and you go work with the, the families who don't want to respect you and get paid. And get paid to do it. $14 an hour, right? Yeah, by all means, like, go go for it. But, yeah, so that that was just, like, something that I fought a really long time to, like, kind of hear my own voice in the noise of all of that to be the entrepreneur. And so I really be like, nope, I'm doing it. Like, <laughs> don't even care what you got to think of or say about it. Like, I'm stepping out and I'm this is it. And you still have to fight that sometimes. And, like, I remember my first fragrance launch um i didn't tell anybody what it was i just invited a bunch of people to an event and i was like come to this thing and a lot of people showed up (laughs) and everybody thought i was gonna be like makeup or lashes like i said i was doing makeup at the time and my aunt was like 70 dollars like who do you think you are joe malone (laughs) like you know like made a comment i was like okay But now I can charge what I want for it. And like, I'm, people pay it. So it's just like, you really have to like believe in yourself and like what you do. That was my tidbit on that. But <laughs> I'm just sitting here like nodding my head, like, yep, my grandma, yeah, yep, like, my mother, yep. Mm-hmm, I feel all of that. Yes. Yeah. Like the closest people to you, you were like, oh, like that's how you feel about this. Like, I'd be like, okay, good to know. Right. <laughs> like, I guess. Oh, yeah. That was an interesting and like unfolding event of like, hey, guys, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> come by probably what you didn't expect that's me. so badass that you just did that like i don't th- i love that literally i just we made a video that had like different like logo variations of um it was called one fragrance co actually when i first launched oh. and so it was like the name one just popped up in like different languages different fonts the number one like it just popped up on this black screen like a like a rolling text and had a date like come here this time like for this launch, not announcing what it is, just show up. <laughs> and they came through. They did. I have like I, I, I don't even know if you can see the pictures. But I showed them on my phone, but it was it was a good time, and I was really surprised. And I, that's we've just been rolling since then. I only had one fragrance at that time, so it was like one scent. You like it or you don't, I guess, and just went from there. So something that I am working on, hopefully in the future. I know, so I wanted like a, I do want a physical like brick and mortar as well, but I'm also really interested in getting a safe perfume truck too. Cool. Um, <laughs> so like a mobile yeah. store, um, because I feel like it would be, I don't know, beneficial for the business to like travel around just like to kind of spread the word about Ori Studios and really get in the face of customers because I know how hard it is to blind buy a fragrance online. So that's something that we may be pushing very soon to get. That's genius because I hate going to the freaking mall to go buy any. I am not a mm-hmm. shopper, so I hate like the whole yeah. process of doing it or I have a makeup problem. So not that you could tell mm-hmm. today, but 
I'm like, if I go to Ulta, I'm not just going to buy my one thing. I'm going to buy 10 things I don't need because that's how I am as a person, yeah. but it's fine. I love the truck idea. That's so genius because it is true. Thanks. That's so smart. Yes. I'm excited for that. Thank you. I have a lot of really like fun little creative ideas. So we'll see if they come out. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Something I'm learning is that everything costs, which is like a given, but um, as a self-funded solo entrepreneur, like shake it hard sometimes. So like, it is really testing my creativity on like how to continue to like build and look great and like be aesthetically pleasing and you know all these things like on a budget you know right. so but yeah I love it I wouldn't I wouldn't change it <laughs> and a point you mentioned earlier especially of kind of finding out who supports you and who's mm-hmm. you know of course you got a different degree I have two psychology degrees it kind of helps I guess but yeah. it's like those experiences helped you to get to where you are today even if you're not doing mm-hmm. but you are in a set like you are still helping people and you are still understanding dynamics but it's just in a completely different field so I feel that with my family at first it's like you sure you're <laughs> gonna do that you're gonna pay your you pay your employees too much you do this I'm like good thing this is mine and not yours thank you yeah. Don't remember asking for your opinion, but thanks for that. So like we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. But yes. So I I feel that to my core. Family can be your biggest haters. I'm sorry, but it's true. <laughs> no, I have a literal aunt still to this day. I have four employees, all of which have made more than she ever made in her career because she was very much like, let's stay at the same job and get paid garbage money. And yeah. she's like, Oh, your business is cute. I'm like, the fuck you think it's cute for? Like, are you serious? So it's a fun journey, but it's also cool to find people. I mean, I'm going to keep hyping up Bamboo as I have on most podcasts, mm-hmm. but like finding yeah. that community or finding people that you just met that are like, this is amazing. This is super cool. I mean, not to toot my own horn, but when Amanda Sweet gave me, she's like, oh, Jamie would be great for your podcast. <laughs> and then I met you and I'm like... Yeah. I have been meaning to meet you. It probably sounded like a psychopath. And you're like, okay, no. weirdo. <laughs> like, I guess we'll do this. No, But it. it's something that my mom and I both have allergies, as I've mentioned, to perfumes. Or like mm-hmm. she can walk into a room and she's like, I can't be here because she has like hives or just like immediate sneezing from different fragrances. Florals. Yeah. It's always florals. See, we hate them mm-hmm, for a reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I love what you do. And it's just like so fascinating to see people that like barely know you that are more supportive than like some of your own family that's known you your whole life, literally. It surprises me. Like when people just like come up and give compliments on like, and just like, oh, this is wonderful. Like you're talented. I'm like, thank you, stranger. (laughs) Thank you, stranger. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I'm always like kind of blown away. Like I'm like, oh, can you really do like, like, you know, that self doubt kind of trickles in sometimes. I got to be honest. So it is like, I I love when people like, no, this is some good shit. I'm buying it. Like I so gave it to my friends. Like I'm coming back for more. So yeah, if for anybody watching this, if you've ever given me like any type of support, whether it's like words of encouragement or anything like Thank you. That's what keeps me going. (laughs) And even even it's the small things. And I think this is entrepreneurs as a whole is just like, especially small businesses are starting up that are, hey, this really helped or this really made a difference or this is great work. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we're all like the imposter syndrome or the like, should I be doing this? Like, I don't think we'll ever go away. But so give us more compliments. Even if you think we don't need to hear them, we always do. Please just throw one out there. there. Yes. Thank you. Jamie, as we wrap this up, what advice do you have for listeners outside of all of the incredible advice you've already given? Um, <laughs> you know, I feel like I premeditated this question. <laughs> <laughs> it's so open-ended, I know, but I love to see yeah. where people go with it. I would say 
if you are a creative or you have some passion that may not be like traditional, just try it. Like just really try it. And I know people say that all the time, but really just try it and see if it's something you want to do. Like even if you just have to give your chance yourself the chance to say, I really want to do this. Like, you know, like that's perfectly fine. But like really just put it out there. I think being a creative can be so therapeutic for a lot of different things and you really discover a lot of things about yourself. Um, like I said, for me, I'm trying to find that inner child who like was really outspoken and really had all these things and like love to draw and like, you know, all that type of stuff. So give yourself a chance, like really give yourself a chance, ask for help, put it out there. Don't be afraid. Like somebody is going to like it. <laughs> like, and if you feel like nobody does, like at least you said, okay, I got to see for myself. So, so true. Bet on yourself over everyone else. Mm -hmm. Jamie, thank you so much. I have learned so much about you, about (laughs) everything happening. So I'm so happy we got to connect. But for those of you listening, if you want to check out Jamie at Eastern Market, if you're in Metro Detroit or her website's in the show notes, social media and all. And tune in again next week for another episode of That's Business. If you're looking for a career change and you're not sure where to start, the Resume Rescue can help. Sure, there's no such thing as the perfect fit for everyone, but here at the Resume Rescue, we're on a mission to find the perfect solution for you. Whether it's changing careers, updating a resume, learning LinkedIn, or practicing interviewing, we have you covered. Find us online at theresumerescue.com and find all of our contact info in our show notes.